she wants yeah she wants you she wants me to tell my story i I have a story (laughs) she wants me to go into depth about everything that i've been this podcast is a walk in the life of entrepreneurship we will interview people from all walks of life but have one thing in common they have taken risks went against the grain and rose to the occasion to thrive in their purpose this podcast will be a source of knowledge inspiration and proof that greatness can be born from the ground up from the ground up from the ground up what's going on everybody this is the ground up podcast and we're your hosts i'm aaron and this is keisha rock how are you guys we are back we're back and I am excited for our new guest. We have uh, Nicole Hyman on today. She is a business owner of two businesses, CNN Cleaning Services and Special Deliveries. Good morning, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Today, we're recording actually on Halloween, so happy Halloween. Thanks for you guys. Uh, it doesn't really feel like Halloween, huh? I know, right? It's like everybody's, everybody's gonna going be, on. Everybody's going to be going door to door, like, give me candy, but don't give me Corona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, All right, Nicole. So you are a business owner of not one, but two businesses. Tell us about those businesses. Well, um, CNN, I've been doing that uh, for about 10 years. And uh, special deliveries is something that I just recently started. It's very new. Um, I had it for around two years now. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. So CNN Cleaning Services for 10 years. So a whole decade you've been a boss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's I what it is. I have to embrace that. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> um, tell, tell me a little bit more about the business. So how does it operate? Um you know, what's like your day-to-day life as, as uh, a business owner? Well, it's a little hectic. I'm, I'm one of them business owners that never shut down mentally or physically. I always Uh-oh. feel like it's something to do. Yeah. Uh, you go to bed thinking you know, about it and wake up thinking about it. Yeah. I think of better ways to do things differently or how fast can I do it? I'm just always thinking constantly. Always so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is me. <laughs> so with the cleaning yeah, services, is it residential? Is it commercial? Well, it's commercial cleaning. Um, I started off with a franchise, and then from the franchise, I, I grew from the franchise and started getting contracts on my own and everything. So the franchise was a good starting point for me because it allowed me to see how things actually ran. Right. Because... You know, I didn't know. Um, I just knew I was good at cleaning, and this is something that I was going to try. Right. I, I, I didn't know that it would get this far along in life, to be honest. Yeah, so, so you were just working for the franchise, and then you decided to step out, I guess, on faith and, and um, create, yeah. create your own business from it. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. Um, working through the franchise it's kind of like, you know, you buy into it, uh-huh. and then after you buy into it, they start giving you contracts, you pay them a certain percentage, and, you know, everybody wants to cut out the middleman, so 
I, I had to figure that out. I get it. So, so, so basically, when you're working for the franchise, they want you to take over as another like, um, like link to their business. So, like, you would be a business owner, but you would be a business owner with their franchise. But instead, you decide to start your own cleaning services. Is that is that what happened? Well, no. Um, with them, it's pretty much they went out, they found you the contract, and. They sold who they were, but they were honest about dealing with independent contractors, which was me. So um, that's how that actually worked. I didn't work for them. I guess you could say it works for me because I pay them a certain percentage to do what I need them to do. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They helped me find the contracts and um, they did the invoicing. Okay, so then eventually you just cut you cut that out and you started finding your own contracts. Right. I kind of branched off from them. Yeah, I branched yeah. off from them and I started finding my own contracts. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Word of mouth. Yeah. 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 I, haven't of mouth. Heard, I haven't heard much about that, that, like using that as an avenue um, to start your own business. I like that idea. Yeah. I like that idea because it gives you a blueprint. Like you have a blueprint to like how to where to start from. Right, because in the beginning, you don't really have a blueprint. Like, you know, I, cleaning is something that's always been in my family. My father was a project manager for a service master back in the day. He did that for at least 20 plus years. So mm-hmm. we all worked part time for him. And, you know, that's just what we did. Um, so I knew the background of it how to clean, what to do, how to do certain things, but I never knew how to run a how business. To, right, run a business. I never gotcha. knew about the contracts or negotiating. So once you, you know, you've had, so at that point you had special, deli- not special deliveries, you had CNN cleaning services for eight years. So then at that point you decided you wanted to go ahead and and start a, another business, special deliveries. Um, was it less fearful because you've already been a successful business owner for eight years or was, or did you feel like you were going out on a limb? Um, I I still felt like that. I still felt like I was going out on a limb. Anything that I decide to do, I'm pretty much like, just do it. It's going to work out even though I have fear, but I also have confidence as well. Basically do it afraid. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been like that. Like if you're going to do it, just do it. It's going to work out. You made the decision. It's just time to stick with it. Right. So tell so, us about special deliveries. Well, <clears throat> special deliveries came about because with the cleaning, I started to lose a lot of contract puppies. But then my, my eighth year, I experienced a point where I probably lost about six, six to seven contracts at one time. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, within a year. The, the thing about the cleaning business is I would say it's a little cutthroat because you have people that'll come in and bid on accounts and they were low bid. So some people always want to deal. So sometimes yeah. you lose contracts because of that or somebody new coming to play. Yeah. And when somebody new coming to place, they want to change things. So when that started happening to me, um, it put me at a position where, you know, I was like, I have to find another source of income mm-hmm. because I don't want to be at the point to where I'm losing a lot and I have to live off my savings because by this point I have employees, I have people that depend on me. Right. Um, they want to come to work. So that weighs on me heavy, you right. know? Yeah. Um, 
And that's what happened. And that's how special deliveries were created. I actually bought a, a chip out first and I did that for a couple of months and it, it, it didn't work out. So I ended up selling the chip out back. And then I did research onto, um, non emergency medical transportation. And so that's what I've been doing with special deliveries, non-emergency medical transportation. How do you get so far for a year? Well, I go to uh, different brokers and the brokers find clients for me. So right now, um, with the type of operating authority that I have, I can only deal with brokers and, um, they find everybody that needs transportation to and from doctor's appointments. Uh Some people we, we take the work. Uh, some people we take to school, after school programs, nice. adult daycare centers. So how many um, employees do you have for this? So how many employees do you have for the uh, CNN cleaning services and how many do you have for special deliveries or do you use the same employees for both businesses? Well, different employees. So for special deliveries, I have three. Okay. And on the cleaning side, I have about nine, nine, yeah, nine um, people. So yeah, you nine. are boss over, what is that? You know, I'm still counting on my fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm counting too. <laughs> You're a boss over 12, oh, so you well, have 12 employees. That's got yeah. to be, um, do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy supervising that, that aspect of being an entrepreneur? Um, yeah, it, it, it's a little difficult. What, what I'm, I'm still learning, what I'm learning is you have to be different with everybody. Because yes. everybody is not the same. Everybody don't learn the same. So um, that's what I learned along the years with each individual. You have to talk to them different. You have to work with them differently. Right. Um, yeah. So sometimes that's that's challenging, but you know I, I like it. Okay. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but I wouldn't change it. Yeah. So Nicole, I want to know your why. So did you always see yourself becoming an entrepreneur? What What was the reason, or what was be- behind you? Um, developing your business? Well, I started the cleaning business because I actually went to prison for three years. Okay. Um, so I was in federal prison for three years. And while you're there, it's mandatory that you work. And I was working at uh, the health clinic there as a janitorial assistant. Gotcha. So I was in charge of cleaning there. And while working there, we had to strip and wax floors. Okay. And so, I got into stripping and waxing floors while I was in prison. So, you know, the listeners are now wanting to know, well, what, what took her <laughs> to prison? We want to know the why for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I used to work with mortgages. I got along with some people and we got together and we started doing illegal activity. Okay. And so, so, when so it what, all came... So white collar crime. I mean, not. I'm not justifying. But white, I'm no, that's it was, what it is. Yeah, yeah white, white collar, collar crime. crime. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Yeah, white collar crime. Um, yeah, so with that, you know, when things happen and it ran down, I got in trouble. But I didn't go to prison overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, when it happened, I kind of went like through a pre-trial process. Okay. So during that pre-trial process, I already knew where I was going to go, how long I was going to be there for. Um, 
because they allowed me to self-surrender. So by them allowing me to self-surrender, it gave me time to research the prison. Oh my goodness. I wanted to know what kind of programs they had, what was available for me while I go there for three years. I have never because in my life heard of someone preparing themselves for prison in a way of, hey, how, how can I get something better out of this so that when I come out, I'm setting myself up for success. Like that right there, that shows your mindset, you know, you were already evolving. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, at the time I had a seven-year-old. Okay. And it was important to me that when I come home, I would still be able to provide for him and to show him that, hey, mom made a mistake, but she's going to overcome it and we're going to be okay. Exactly, yes. So that was important for me. So while I was there, I saw that they had a cosmetology program. Mm Mm-hmm. And actually, I got there, I signed up for that, and I was on a waiting list. But unfortunately, so many people were on a waiting list, I wasn't able to get into the program there. Mm-hmm. So when you started cleaning, when you were doing, like, the stripping of the floors, did something just kind of, mm-hmm. like, go off in you? And you were like, wait, you know, growing up, you know, I enjoyed cleaning, you know, doing it with my dad's business. And, like, was that, like, a, you know, aha moment that I could pursue this or... Yeah, it was. Um, actually, the day that I knew we had the strip and wax floors, I called my dad immediately. <laughs> and I was like, hey, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was like, I'm stripping and waxing floors in here. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know? So we had that conversation. So once I actually did the work and everything was done, um, I went back to the unit. I called my dad again, and I said, hey, this is what I'm going to do when I get home. Uh-huh. I'm going to start a cleaning business. Um, I, I really love how, you know, so you did your research, right, and your thought was, let me do cosmetology. But you were put on that wait list, and you ended up doing, you know, the cleaning services in the prison, and then you had the aha moment. Like, I just see how things aligned right there even even if they didn't align how you planned them to it was it was still for working for your greater good yeah it was and at the time even though I made that phone call and told him hey this is what I'm gonna do I didn't know that it was gonna happen or Mm -hmm. or go through you were manifesting it girl yeah yeah yeah, that's what I did. I read a lot of books in there. I did I did research in there. I had people send me stuff. I was always thinking about what can I do when I get home? Because it was important for me not to get caught up in the activity that was going on in there. Right. My mind always was thinking about, hey, this is when you come home, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. And so how was that transition coming home and then actually, you know, getting getting your, your feet on the ground to, to do it? Well, coming home, it, it was a good feeling, but it was a scary feeling at the same time. Because um, when I was released, I didn't go straight home. I went to a halfway house. I had to stay at the halfway house for six months. So in order for me to get visits to stay at home, I had to find a job there. Okay. So I, I started working at Old Rallies, which is like a checker. Um, I went there to work. So once I got that job, I was able to come home on the weekend. Because I had a house. So by the grace of God, my house was still here when I came home. But I was behind on the mortgage. I bet. I was extremely behind. 
I didn't know how I was going to pay it, what I was going to do. I didn't know anything. Right. Um, the job I had, it wasn't enough money to pay my mortgage. You know, um, at, at that point, I just really felt alone. And, and by me being in the halfway house, I was kind of avoiding the situation. Right. Um, I, I wasn't ready to come home and face this is what you you might have to face losing your home. What are you going to do? But one day I got a phone call um, from my mortgage company and they told me I was approved for a loan modification. Just out of nowhere. I don't know where it came from. Did. I didn't apply didn't for apply the loan. For wow. Yeah, I didn't apply for the loan modification or anything. So she told me I was approved and it cut my mortgage payment down to half. So by this time, I'm crying because I'm in disbelief. I'm, I kept asking her, you know, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure this is correct? You know? And she kept telling me yes. So oh once love, that happened to me. I love the divine. <laughs> I love the divine intervention in your story. It's just amazing. How yeah, every, you so know, everything was set up for you. I mean, even with your hardships, it seems like everything is still being, like there's, there's uh, pieces being moved around to, to lift you up to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was very blessed. So I was excited. So now that I know my, I still have my home now, the big question is how I'm going to pay the mortgage. Right. <laughs> so yeah. that was the big question. But, um, you know, I had a really strong support system. My mentor, which is still a mentor to me to this day. Mentors um, are so important. Yeah. Um, and matter of fact, a shout out to my mentor, James Allen and his wife, Walida Allen. Um, they're the owners of Awesome Enterprises. Nice. Um, I, they are really a big part of my journey. I reached out to them. They knew my situation because while I was away, they also made sure my son didn't miss a beat when it came to Christmas. Um, they knew what type of mother I was. So they said, well, you know, she always made sure he had. We're going to make sure he has while she's gone. And, um, you know, I reached out to them and they helped me. Right. He even helped me with the cleaning business. It's because of him that I chose to branch out. Mm-hmm. He helped me with the contracts and everything. And my dad was a big asset to me as well. Me and my dad worked together side by side. It's been long nights with just me and him. So if it wasn't oh. for... My parents and my mentors, I don't know where I would be with so any of it. you had a solid support system. Yeah, I did. A good support system. Yeah, a good support system. So, um, you know, that transition, me coming home from the halfway house, I worked a job in a shoe store, making minimum wage. The shoe store would open up at 10 in the morning, close at 9. I would work from 10 to 9. I was determined to do that because I couldn't go back to the type of work that I used to do as far as um, like collections, customer service, or working with mortgages because I was on probation at this time. And being on federal probation, you know, they had to contact your job to let you know, let your supervisor know, hey, this person is on federal probation. Okay. Um, You know, so I was like trying to save all of that. This is just what I'm going to do. So, so did it, like, did you feel like you, you had, like, basically you had to work like retail or, or 
you know, minimum wage jobs because of the because of your record or the probation? Well, I didn't feel like because of my record, I felt like that more so because of the probation. I felt like the probation was blocking me a little bit. And how long was the probation Um, for? Three years. I was on probation for three years. Now, was it within that three years when you started the business or was it after probation was over? No, it was within the three years I started the probation. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, within the three years. Yeah, within the three years of probation, I started my business. So, so basically, you were like, okay, I'm on probation. It makes it difficult for me to get the jobs that you know you used to have. Or, um, so you're working, you know, the the shoe store or whatnot. And then, did you mm-hmm. decide? Well, there's another option. I could be my own boss. Was that was that your train of thought? Or, well, not quite yet. I was working at the shoe store because. Um, a friend of mine, her sister owned the shoe store. So that's how I got the job. And then I started going to school. I went to University of Phoenix. I I went there. I did online classes. I had a lot going on. I'm just one of them people. Like I said earlier, I'm a busybody. I like to stay busy. (laughs) So, you know, I'm working, I'm going to school, and now I'm I'm pregnant. Okay, so you're working, you're going to school, you're pregnant, and then you start to build mm -hmm. a business? Yeah, oh my yeah. and I went to the franchise in the middle of that and started the business while I was pregnant. And then um, I ended up having my son early. He was supposed to be born January 1st of 2012, but I had him November 4th of 2011. So when I had him early, I never took my six weeks or eight weeks for myself. I immediately went back to work because by this time I had two contracts. So I had two contracts, but it wasn't um, where I had to clean them five days a week. They only wanted cleaning once a week. So I had the two contracts. I was still working at the shoe store. I was going to school and now I'm visiting my son in the NICU. Oh my goodness. So I had a lot going what, on. What got, um, you through at that time. That, what got you through that moment in life or that time in life? I say prayer. Yeah. I say prayer. A lot of prayer, a lot of faith. Because I even feel like I went through postpartum at, at a point. I, I mean, I can depression. imagine that you did. Yeah. You're on probation. You have a child in the NICU. You're working. You're trying to build a business and you're in school. And then all the hormones that come after you have a child. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, the, the feelings yeah. Yeah, and the emotions that you were experiencing in that time. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you know, I had to make a decision because I felt like I was grateful to have this job at the shoe store because I needed a job, but I knew it wasn't enough. Right. So once I had my son, I had to make a decision to either stay or leave. And I chose to leave and step out on faith and build my business. Mm-hmm. So that's when I went into the franchise, probably like the next day, and I had a meeting with them. And I, I explained to them, like, hey, <laughs> I need contracts and yeah. I need big contracts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was in desperate need. That's how I felt, you know? I'm like, this is what I need and this is what I need to do. You guys need to make it happen. I took a chance on you and invested in you. So now it's time for you to take a chance on me and give me what I need. So when that's you, exactly how I said it. <laughs> yeah, no. When did you, uh, when did it start rolling in? When did you, like, 
realize like you you're getting your contracts you actually have this business up and running well I got my first big contract in February of 2012 in February of 2012 I got my first big contract and from there things just took off for me yeah yeah when from you, 2012 when you think about like uh your 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 past and you know what you've experienced and then to become a successful business owner um what what feelings do you feel how does that make you feel reflecting on your life thus far it makes me feel good that i made it that i'm not a statistic um, it was very important to me to show people like, hey, I made a mistake. I have a felony, but the felony would not define me. Mm. So I've always Preach. been big on that. Yeah. Um, I tell my son, my son, my oldest son, he, he'll be 20 November 23rd. Okay. He's very involved in what I do. <laughs> he's like me. He, he He's a busybody. He stays working, you know, so, um, I tell them every day, you know, life comes with ups and downs. It's, it's not about the downs that you have. It's about what you do to overcome the downs, you know. Things just happen. It's, it's a part of life. Absolutely. Yes. It, it's up to you how you want your outcome to be. Right. Well, I and, am truly inspired by your story, the hardships that you've overcome, the way you built your business from the ground up. <laughs> Your businesses, <laughs> let me add an S on that, your businesses from the ground up. And I also just, I mean, I, I'm a believer, so I love to see how the stars aligned for you and divine intervention played a role in prayer, helped get you through. Um, I'm a strong believer that um, we manifest what we, what we believe we can become. And it's not just us. It's, it's, I, I believe that it's God too, you know, putting us in situations mm -hmm. to shape us. Yeah, um, it is. And I honestly believe he sat me down for them years for a reason. And everything happens for a reason. Even when my business took off for me, from, for me in 2012, I started um, seeing some things with my youngest son. Because my youngest son wasn't talking or anything, and he's two and three. Mm -hmm. So eventually, I took him to the doctor and was looking into that, and he, he was diagnosed with autism. Okay. So at this moment, I'm building a business. I have my son that we just found out he has autism. He's not talking. So when the business took off for me, it allowed me to be able to be at home so I can work oh with him. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that Aaron and I always talk about, you know, with us working on building a business and just entrepreneurship in general is the freedom that it can allow you to have. The time. The time. Yeah. yeah. And what's more yeah. important than your baby? Like nothing. Nothing right. is more important than that child. So the fact that, I mean, do you, this is even more reason why I see how God aligned everything for you. Because, you know, if you were working from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. at a shoe store, you would not. I can't even say that you'd be able to notice until notice, until right. later what was going on with mm -hmm. him, you know. So right. it's yeah. a, it, it, it is a blessing and it's a beautiful beautiful thing that you were able to notice it and you were able to give him what he needs and you're able to spend time with him. You know, to help yeah. him develop. Yeah, it was definitely a blessing. Um, it was definitely a blessing. And like you said, it, it just all aligned in it. I started doing my research on autism and what I can do. And I started teaching him certain words. And I worked with him. And, 
you know, uh, you see him a day, he's a talking machine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nicole, you are a boss, bitch. Let me just say... KJ's down for a nap, so I can say the B word. <laughs> but I'm so yeah, that's why Aaron was not basically in this interview. <laughs> he was trying to get the baby not to cry. But anyway, so anyway, I am so inspired by you, by you, and I'm so uh, I feel honored that you shared your story and shared your hardships with us. And is there anything you want to say to those out there who aspire for more but are going through hard times and you know, sometimes when you're going through tough times in life, it doesn't look like there's going to be a better tomorrow. And you are living proof that better tomorrows do come. So is there anything you would love to um, say to encourage those out there? Yeah, I just encourage people to have faith, pray a lot, and know that even though you're going through the storm, there's always sun on the other end. You have to believe that. If you believe that, everything would be okay. You have to believe it. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's have a little fun. We're going to play our Would You Rather This or That game. You ready, Nicole? Okay, yeah, let's play. All right. Would you rather have more time or more money? More time. Absolutely, more time. Time is precious. Um, Okay. Yeah. Would you rather, for your birthday, would you rather receive cash or gifts? Gifts. Gifts, really? Gifts, wow. Yeah, because I want to see, I like for people to put thought into what oh, they get in I want to get. You want those people. Well, huh? you know what? They can, yeah. they can think their way to the bank for me. Yeah, just go ahead and send that cash app. I'm good uh, on that. All right, would you rather make a phone call or send a text? Phone call. Phone call. Okay, okay. Yeah, because you are not big on social media, am I right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really on there. I'm, I'm on Facebook, but I, I'm not a poster. Okay. <laughs> You're just a scouter. She, she got it yeah. just to check everybody else out. I'm right. on there once in a while and just look. <laughs> this or that? Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Um, cat or dog? Dog. Oh, I mean, actually, I'm both. I can't pick. (laughs) And last but not least, are you a night owl or early bird? I'm both. You're both? Okay, I get that. I'm both. She don't sleep. I can stay up all night, go to sleep, then wake up early in the morning. (laughs) I love it. All right, Nicole, how can the uh, listeners reach you? Uh, you can reach me by my email, which is Miss Hyman at yahoo.com. Perfect. Yeah. And that's Miss Hyman at yahoo.com. Yep, M S H Y M O N at yahoo.com. Nice. All right. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, Nicole. We really enjoyed listening to your story, and we are so inspired by you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was my first time doing it, and it was great. So I hope we could just help somebody. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Help us build this podcast from the ground up. Subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend who can relate. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, The Ground Up Podcast.